Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter, as always, at Tony Liebert, and TikTok and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is Tony L I E B E R T. For today's episode, we the your Minnesota Gophers are two and oh. We will recap the Gophers week two 25 to 6 victory over the Eastern Michigan Eagles at home at home at Huntington Bank Stadium. Darius Taylor has arrived at the running back position. Offensive coordinator Greg Harbo Jr. His play calling took a massive change in terms of schematics and run-pass difference, and the defense continues to do- to dominate. We will touch on all of that and more. All right, let's just get right into it. I think the biggest takeaway from the game that most people would, would agree with was true freshman running back Darius Taylor Finally breaking onto the scene. I, I mean, I say finally. It happened in game two. Um, anyone who has followed the Gophers recruiting in-depthly knows that uh, Darius Taylor is a special talent, and he had special expectations before he arrived in Minnesota. Um, he was the highest-ranked player in the Gophers' 2023 class from uh, Walled Lake, Michigan. Four-star recruit had plenty of offers, notably from Michigan and Michigan State, and he chose Minnesota along with his um, high school teammate, Drew Viotto, who is a f- true freshman quarterback, who is the third string currently. But um, Taylor is a special talent. Darius Taylor showed all the hype that he got and more. 33 carries, 193 yards, one touchdown. He also had um, two catches for 13 yards, so he had 35 total touches and 100 or 200 and six yards and one touchdown. And essentially, his first career college game. He played one snap in uh, week one. Bryce Williams was out due to injury, so that opened the door for Darius Taylor to shine. And man, he took advantage. Um, he, he he was everything you want from a star running back. Um, obviously nowadays the interesting thing in college athletics, people are going to talk right away. The Gophers saw it happen with Buck Irvin and Kai Thomas that the players are able to transfer. So this is a unique situation though because Sean Tyler is in his last season of college football, and Darius Taylor's in his first. So. And Bryce Williams is in his last. So Taylor has a clear path to being the number one guy, essentially, for three seasons. Um, I think this could realistically be a trend that does continue. But then again, I would not be shocked if Bryce Williams comes back from injury and the Gophers have a more three-headed attack against North Carolina. But nevertheless, Darius Taylor is a supreme talent. The Gophers realize that. Gophers fans now realize that. And the sky's the limit for him. He has the talent, he has the potential, and he has the opportunity to be one of uh, the next great Gophers running backs, and he showed it. Eastern Michigan is obviously a MAC team, but they are one of the better MAC teams, and 
putting up 193 yards in her first college game is not something that running back does. Um, he is a just. I, I keep don't want to sound like a broken record, but he, he's just tremendous. Um, he has the speed, he has the uh, vision, he has the agility. Um, he looked like a veteran out there. It'll be a little different against Big Ten opponents. I, I obviously know that there is a skill gap between Minnesota or between Eastern Michigan and an Iowa or Wisconsin. But it was under the lights, and he he showed up. Um, Sean Tyler obviously had a few fumbling issues, which kind of opened the door for him more. Um, but like Sean Tyler's role is going to be what it was today all season. He's not going to be the bell cow guy like I've kind of been saying. It's not like they're going to want to only feature him, but he, he had a good game himself. Um, he showed why Gopher fans were so excited for him. He has that big playability. And uh, it just did a complete shift from last week to uh, this week. Kind of the uh, next thing I was going to get into is Greg Harbo Jr. completely shifted his philosophy in offensive play calling. In uh, week one, the Gophers had 48 design pass plays against Nebraska and 21 design run plays. That nearly completely flipped. The Gophers had 21 designed pass plays against Eastern Eastern Michigan and 53 designed run plays. So everyone kind of was questioning. They're like, oh, where's the running game? Ethan needs a running game in week one. And now the talk has completely changed. They're like, Need to open it up for Ethan. Need to get the passing game going. So, obviously, from a third party, someone watching, you would you would say you want to be somewhere in the middle. And I think a lot of people would also say that his play calling hasn't been the best. There, which I would agree. There are some scenarios where, um, especially in the red zone, they need to get better at finishing drives. They were not very good in this game. Um, that is something they must improve upon once they enter the heart of Big Ten play. That's something that's not going to fly against the likes of Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan, and Ohio State, and even North Carolina next week. North Carolina is shown to have an improved defense, and that's going to be a big difference in this game. I mean, the Gophers uh, didn't even punt once in this game. So that tells you, I think, all you need to know that I mean, if you listen to my pregame podcast for this week's game, for the Eastern Michigan game, I should say, I kind of expected it to be a sloppy game. This is kind of what I expected this game to be, that Eastern Michigan has their moments. But I expected that never to really seem like Minnesota was going to lose. Um, and it kind of felt that way. Like, they were up by two possessions, and it felt more like four or five. And that's kind of been P.J. Flex M.O. against these teams. Obviously, we all know the Miami of Ohio and the Bowling Green games were a little different than that. But in 2019, when they were uh, playing the South Dakota States, the Georgia States, the Fresno States, it kind of felt like that. So this kind of felt like one of those games. Again, I don't want to compare this team to the 2019 team because it is a lot different. But, I mean, the Gophers opened the game, turn over on downs, and then they had a field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. And then um, they had a fumble, and then an INT, and then a field goal. So, got to finish drives. Um, only having two touchdowns, obviously, is not ideal. But um, 
one of those they had obviously the uh safety from Joey Gerlock, something else that I will get into, but in general, I, I this game kind of went how I expected it to. And I think Gophers fans should leave satisfied. Um, they shouldn't have expected a dominating win. I don't that I don't think that's just how this team is built. They're not built to have those blowout victories. Especially against a team like Eastern Michigan that will play in a bowl game this year. I'm pretty confident in saying that they will be one of the better teams in the MAC. They're very well coached. Samson Evans, their star running back, is very talented. They have talent players. We you saw their quarterback um, was good with his legs, and they're, they're just a good team. Um, obviously, inferior opponent, and you want to win. They didn't didn't cover the nineteen and a half twenty that was pregame, but. They did what I expected to do them to do, and they sh- you shouldn't have really expected much more. And why I th- don't think the play calling, at least offensively, is a massive issue, is mostly because um, they're showing they can win multiple ways. Um, the team last year, I don't know if they could could have won throwing the football a lot. We saw it in the Wisconsin game, but that was the end of the year, and kind of it was a big change, which was impressive, but. The reason they struggled so much in the middle of the year was because if the run game's not working, they got nothing to lean on. And, I mean, this team showed week week one, it was not necessarily they were leaning on the passing game. They weren't really leaning on anything. But they won throwing the football in week one, week two. They showed they still have the running game. And, I mean, I think that was one of the biggest questions on this team. So showing that you can have a 196-yard rusher and – a run for 5.3 yards a carry, 296 total yards against a team like Eastern Michigan is more of a win than the actual win. So um, that's a great momentum for this team heading into North Carolina. We'll get into it later this week, but that's what they needed. They needed that confidence. This offensive line played uh, pretty well. Um, You had uh, Tyler Cooper grade in the 70s, Nathan Bowe grade in the 70s, Martez Lewis grade in the 70s. Quinn Carroll, 64.3, and Ariante Ursary, 63.2. So nobody played poorly. All those guys played every snap, all 74 snaps, like last week. So they're getting that consistency together. Again, I don't think this will be a unit that that shines like in years past necessarily, but they have the talent to do what they just did against Eastern Michigan, which I think is all they need at this point. As for the wide receiver room, Again, they weren't really asked to do much. They didn't pass the football. There were only 15 passes. Um, Corey Crooms and Daniel Jackson look like the one-two punch. Uh, Chris Oppenbell, again, I don't think they they realized they didn't really need him in this game. That whole situation's a little odd to me. I'll be honest with you. Why he even came back if he was going to ease himself into these games so much. But, um, I mean, from what I understand... And what I know, I would assume that um, P.J. Fleck and him obviously have a very good relationship at the point of both their careers. And Flex kind of told him, he's, hey, if you're not 100%, we would like to have you in the second half of the year. And so that's it, it, an interesting scenario. I don't necessarily know exactly what's going on there. It wouldn't completely shock me if he didn't play this week against North Carolina. Again, it wouldn't shock me if he did. So that's something to obviously look out for. But 
the pass catchers had another pretty good game. Lamecki Brockington finally got on the board with a catch. Uh, a couple more targets this game. He had three targets. Uh, you got Darius Taylor involved in the run in the passing game, which was impressive. And a lot of people were calling for more Brevin Span four targets, which I do agree with. But again, this was not one of his best games as a gopher. Obviously, that interception kind of came off the hands of him a little bit. Um, but he was oddly enough the lowest graded gophers gopher according to PFF. Um, which is something I would assume has not happened often in his career. He usually grades very well in their system, um, but it, he just didn't have it some days. And obviously, you want to target your tight end more. They only had 15 pass attempts, and you're going to want three of those to Crooms, three of those to Daniel Jackson, three of them to a combination of Rockington and um, Elijah Spencer. So right there, that's that's nine, and there's only six more. And he had three targets, so there's three, and then the um, other two went to Darius Taylor. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jackson had four, so you you get my point. But um, like everyone, Brevin Span Ford is, is a supreme talent and should be an integral part of this offense. And I uh, think the Gophers realized that, and I don't think it's going to be an issue. Offenses, especially in college, just naturally don't target the tight end a whole lot you don't see tight ends putting up monstrous numbers all the time um not everyone's georgia georgia is a very interesting scenario with like their stars tight end because they don't really have much receiver talent at all so brock bowers is like their number one option and while brevin spanford might be our best pass catcher it's just Corey crooms and daniel jackson are two guys that could play in the nfl and like georgia obviously has a few guys that can play in the nfl at wide receiver but you get my point that it's it's an interesting dynamic when you have a star tight end in college, and I don't think that's really a big issue um, going forward. But overall, I, I was satisfied with the offense. There's certainly areas they could have improved, but I thought it was a pretty good game and uh, kind of what I guess I expected. So I'm not really leaving with a whole lot of questions. Um, I'm more, I am I left with more answers than um, questions, to be honest. They answered the running game. And they show that they want to run the football. And that's just going to be Minnesota football. They're not going to be USC or Florida State or Colorado. They're not going to be a team that pass first. They showed they can pass week one, but I just don't. And they're going to pass more this year, plain and simple, all year. But they're not going to be a team that's built around throwing the football. And when you got a guy like Darius Taylor, you shouldn't be. So you get you get my point. And uh, I was I was pretty satisfied with their performance on that side of the ball. As for the defensive side of the ball, another tremendous performance. Um, I continue to just be thoroughly impressed with the coaching staff, the personnel, just everything they do on the defensive side of the ball. Going in the transfer portal, finding Kyler Baugh from Houston, then Baptist, now Christian was just a tremendous find last year. Going in the transfer portal, finding uh, Trayvon Jones from Elon this year and developing talent like Danny Strigout, like Jalen Logan Redding, like Jaw Joyner, Maverick Baranowski, and Devin Williams in the middle at the linebacker position. There's just so much talent. And I didn't even mention Justin Wally and Tyler Newman, who are probably the two best players on their defense. So it just was another tremendous all-around performance. 
Uh, Kyler Baugh especially, shout out to him. Man in the middle, defensive tackle, one of his best games in a Gophers uniform. He had two sacks, the highest graded Gopher on the defensive side of the ball, 79.8 PFF grade. Justin Wally up there in the 70s, uh, like always. Um, other guys who had more than 20 snaps that were up there, um, Maverick Baranowski, another 74.2, just tremendous as a true freshman to be playing at this level. Devin Eastern played well, 70.9. Devin Williams, 70. Chuck Joyner, 70. Jack Henderson played a pretty good game. Uh, Danny Strigout, Jalen Logan, Jalen Logan running up there too. And I mean, it just, nothing really you can ask for. Uh, it's, they're, they're, they've allowed one touchdown and it was on that weird Jeff Sims play. So it just, this, my takeaway is this defense is elite enough to lean on it again. This is a defense first team. They're not going to have to score that many points against most teams. With that being said, against North Carolina, it will be a very interesting game because North Carolina is one of the best offenses in the country. So they might have to score a little bit. But you get what I'm saying? In the Big Ten, when you play teams like Nebraska, when you play teams like Northwestern coming up, like Louisiana, they're going to be these gross games because offense has some stuff to figure out. But you're going to be in every game you play. Um, You're not going to get blown out real often. Especially how the season's going. It just... They might be in the Michigan and Ohio State games. I don't think I'd favor them in either one of those games, but with with this defense, that's the, what keeps you in every game. It's just you're, this defense isn't going to get cooked. It's just they have no weakness right now. Cody, Cody Lindenberg even hasn't played. Uh, obviously, Eastern Michigan and Nebraska are not the cream of the crop um, offensively, so it'll be a little interesting this week, but the Gophers get Cody Lindenberg back at linebacker. That's one of their best defensive players, and he hasn't even played. And they, they've only allowed one touchdown in eight quarters. So, um, like I said, the linebacker position with Baronowski and Devin Williams both played very well, both graded in the 70s. Um, and uh, they both showed up to play. The, their athleticism at that position, they're very well good in coverage. Uh, Maverick had a 65 grade in coverage. Devin Williams 73.3. Very impressed there. It, they're just two very talented players. Ryan Seelig did play a little bit, 18 snaps. Um, he is a guy that I think his role will diminish when Cody Lindenberg comes back because he struggled a little more in Week One. I mean, it's just Matt. We got a true freshman playing like Maverick. It's just hard to keep him off the field. And um, it'll be interesting to see how much better this defense plays when Lindenberg comes back. But like I said, when you're watching teams like Colorado show how important the transfer portal is, like Florida State, like Clemson show how much it can hurt you if you don't use it. And when the Gophers are able to find Kyler Baugh from the FCS, I'm telling you, when the spring comes around and you see the Gophers get three guys from the FCS and you're like, well, why the heck are they getting a guy from Rhode Island or a guy from um, Jackson state? This is why it's important. You saw Jack Gibbons a few years ago, Tyler bought might play in the NFL. Uh, Tra- Trayvon Jones. He's a premier cornerback too in the big 10 conference. Those are two FCS players. If you play well at the FCS level, chances are you can play well at the FBS level. So even, I mean, I know a lot of you too are uh, Gophers basketball fans. It just frustrates me in the offseason when 
players are like, oh, why are you getting a guy from uh from Clown College from uh DeVry University? These guys, if they play well at one level in college, college athletics now, especially football and basketball, there's so so many good football players. Excuse me. That uh, was probably unfortunate for any of you listening. I apologize. But you get my point. There's so many good basketball players out there, so many good football players out there, so many good athletes. And they just don't have the opportunity. A guy like Kyler Baugh, Trayvon Jones, get the opportunity on national TV in the Big Ten. They're making plays. So, defense played great once again. Tyler Newbin didn't even play his best. He had a 59.1 PFF grade. So, to play that well, it just, again, on the, both both ends of the ball, they obviously could have played better. But, well, it just it was one of those weird games that the Gophers have grown to be to playing against opponents like Eastern Michigan. And it kind of was what I was expecting in this game. So for the fans that are disappointed with how this how this looked, I and take a step back and kind of look at it with a bigger picture. Like what what were you expecting? I tried to temper your expectations if you listen to this last week, but you get know what I mean. So offense, defense played great. So I thought so. And we'll give them some momentum heading into week three against North Carolina. Well, later in the week, we'll break that game down. But last few things I wanted to touch on. We touched on the transfer portal. Another thing, the Gophers um, 2022 and 24 classes are were tremendous recruiting classes. They're proving it. Um, Maverick Baranowski, Richard Freshman. Tariq Watson, redshirt freshman. Anthony Smith, redshirt freshman. Aiden Gooseby, redshirt freshman. These are all guys playing meaningful snaps, but we saw Joey Gerlock make the play on special teams. He was a guy who got a lot of hype in the preseason. Darius Taylor, true freshman. That's so many players that are playing meaningful snaps when these games matter. This team next year is this team's window. It will be interesting without the divisions, Oh, the new Big Ten teams, how that all looks in 2024. But this team's building to that season. Um, Ethan has not played at a level yet that would assume anyone that he would uh, leave for the NFL draft. So the chances are he will likely return. Darius Taylor will likely return. Elijah Spencer, there's a chance Daniel Jackson does. Oh geez, I'm getting the I'm getting the fall sickness here. This is but um a lot of the offensive line could all return. And it's just, you're setting up for something special in 2024. Great roster construction by the staff. I do have to give them credit. Makes me excited as a Gophers fan. They have the pieces in place to build a consistent winner at this program, and it's showing. These are the type of games versus Nebraska and Eastern Michigan that as a 22-year-old Gophers fan, we would not always win in past regimes. So the fact that they're winning these games and setting up for a fun game in North Carolina, win or lose, sometimes that's all all you can appreciate as a Gophers fan because you just want to be in the mix. And they're in the mix. So 
I'll, I'll keep this episode short, I guess. Um, like I said, <laughs> there there wasn't much to discuss this week. I thought it was pretty obvious. The Gophers are six and a half point underdogs in their week three matchup versus North Carolina. We will get into that later this week. But as always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.